0: everybody to the Conscious Couple Podcast. We have Bryce and Jenny here.
1: Yay, we're both here today checking in with all of you.
0: Yeah, we're going to just wing it today.
1: Yep, so this is going to be a really fun episode on how to navigate the masculine and feminine polarity in your relationship.
0: Yeah, and I think we're some of the most perfect people to do this because I happen to be a pretty masculine man and Jenny's a pretty feminine woman.
1: So we're going to talk a little bit about what that even means, masculine and feminine. And then we're going to talk about how that plays out in our relationship. We'll also look at ways we can help you navigate what sometimes might look like a struggle in your own relationship.
0: Cool. you want to lead into
1: exploring that, Jen? Yeah. So first, we wanted to just share a little bit about what we even mean by the idea of masculine man and feminine woman. And so... If you were to go back into some of the earlier podcasts, um, it was actually even before Bryce and I joined on the podcast together, I did a podcast on the polarities. So it might be helpful to go back and to listen to that one because we're going to be talking about polarity today. And the idea here is that every whole, every individual is a whole person in and of themselves. And what this means is that every person includes the masculine and the feminine in them the masculine and feminine are ways to describe two parts of one thing so polarities are all about two sides of one whole so you can't really have masculine without the feminine and vice versa just like you can't have light without the dark and vice versa like they the reason we can even talk about it is because it has an opposite. So when we're talking about masculine and feminine, we're talking about two parts of one whole. So as an individual, we have both masculine and feminine in us. So what that means is the masculine aspect of us is going to be the parts of us that include things like logic, whereas the feminine is going to be the emotional aspect. Um, the masculine aspect will be the thinking Aspect: the feminine aspect of us will be the feeler. The masculine aspect of us will be the giver. The part of us that puts energy out. The feminine aspect of us is the receiver, the channel through which energy comes in. The masculine energy is like what we create. It's a decision. It's initiating something. The feminine energy is openness. It's possibility. It's potentiality. So the idea is that. These are all two parts of one whole and they all need the other to exist. So when Bryce and I are talking about masculine man and feminine woman, what we're really talking about is how do we show up in our relationship in a way that rather than experiencing struggle where there can sometimes feel like these two separate parts... How do we actually start to see them as two parts of one whole and how both parts are actually helping us?
0: Yeah, and I'm describing myself as a masculine man because I'm tying it much into my upbringing. So raised in the Midwest, played football, taught how to change a tire, be outside, ride four-wheelers, fix things. Emotions aren't really present. There's not much of a use for them. Wasn't really modeled that as how to show up in a relationship. It was more about how to provide.
1: And for me, I would say it was more of a be open, be willing, be easygoing. Learn to take care of yourself. It's best to be open and humble and teachable. Go with the flow. Don't rock the boat. Be willing to sacrifice. Don't question or criticize certain authorities especially in the culture I grew up in. Don't question male spiritual leaders. Don't assume too much power and control. And because I was so attached to the fantasy of romance sort of saving me from my struggles, I really, especially in romantic relationship, would feel this conflict between the part of myself that was open and willing and teachable and the parts of myself that were opinionated and that were strong and protective of myself. And so in romance, these messages to really just lean heavily on the feminine without a sort of masculine protection for those aspects of myself within myself, romance is where this especially became confusing.
0: And how this shows up in our relationship and where there's been quite a bit of tension that we're now doing a lot of work on is whenever something comes up with us, I want to fix it.
1: And I often want to be heard. I want to be felt. I want Bryce to be able to feel with me.
0: Mm -hmm. So here we are trying to accomplish the same thing, which is to make it better. And we're trying two different strategies. Exactly. I really get uncomfortable when Jenny's feeling upset. I've been able to feel more and more comfortable with this as I've been okay with my own upset and to sit with that. So this is part of my edge as a masculine man who doesn't have a ton of practice with feeling is to really sit and lean into my feelings with Jenny, not just on my own.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And with Bryce, one of the things I've had to do is I've really had to engage my masculine self more and not to necessarily even take over the masculine aspect of our relationship, but to bring not just my feminine self, but to bring my feminine and masculine self fully, completely to the relationship because if I'm bringing my feminine self that has a need, that needs to receive something, but my masculine self isn't present, then I put it all to Bryce. And sometimes he'll feel a certain amount of pressure. Well, I don't know. Like, what's it like for you if I bring something emotionally, but I don't have my masculine self there to like also stand up for myself or protect me? What is mm-hmm. that like for you?
0: Yeah, good question. So uh, so ask it again.
1: Yeah. Well, I was curious. So I was thinking about how sometimes I show up to you and I have like a need. Like I need to receive something. I need to receive your support or your love or I'm wanting something from you. But I only have that feminine part of me showing up, which is like that receiving channel that needs or wants something. But the masculine part of me that could help meet that need first in myself is like not there yet. So I'm in sort of a needy place What happens for you? Maybe that's a better way of saying it. What happens for you when I'm in like a, quote, needy place?
0: Well, initially, I think if I'm sensing a strong need, but it's more out of anxious, it exaggerates my want to to really fix. And so I come in fairly anxious trying to fix it. And because I'm just coming in logically, I'm coming up with potential solutions in real time, in real life but you're wanting this felt emotional experience or maybe you're really not present with what's going on with you, we're just not going to get there. So giving out more solutions can create even more confusion and we will just spiral. Mm -hmm. And I even notice this in myself. Like if I'm anxious to figure something out and I'll lay out five options and all of a sudden I'm totally overwhelmed. So I'll do that with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, we'll just pick one. Let's just pick one. Let's just go with it. This is how I do things this is sometimes what helps me feel better. And why can't you do that? And then Jenny's over there thinking like, I just want to feel you. If she can't express it too and be really clear. And I think this is more maybe the masculine, like have very clear voiced needs. I don't know what to do. And we just do some spinning around.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's not that we have stopped doing that, but I think that part of this dance of relationship is being able to yeah literally dance in that and really hold compassion for each other that like okay you're wanting something i don't know what it is i'm wanting something i don't know what it is let's just hang out dance with it see what comes out of it
1: totally yeah that feels good as you're saying it because i can tell as we're going into this like there's something here that i'm still learning and i think as i'm hearing you talk about that one of the things that I'm realizing is that I think it's easy for me sometimes to just bring half of myself to the relationship, not all of myself. And I think when Bryce and I get into struggles with masculine man, feminine woman struggles, I think in a way, part of what's happening is one or both of us is only bringing half of ourselves to the relationship. You're only bringing the masculine part of you to the relationship, or I'm only bringing the feminine part of me to the relationship. And so as I hear you talking about that, something about it feels relaxing and opening to realize that we're still in this process. We're still mm-hmm. learning how to show up with each other more fully and completely with our whole selves so that we can be present with each other and hear each other and help problem solve.
0: And what's relaxing too is, as you mentioned, learning. And I wanted to add in this piece that there isn't an end point that I see, that I know of, that any of the teachers that I'm working with are really speaking to. It's always learning. It's always reaching new levels of intimacy and depth. But the challenge doesn't stop because it's. it doesn't feel good to be stagnant. There's always something to work on. And at the same time, really holding space for where I'm at because as a fixer-doer, even with the emotional stuff, I start to figure out, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to show up emotionally. And if I can't, then here comes the judgment rushing in. I can't do it. Like, oh, I'm so Mm -hmm. stupid. Why can't I do this? Oh, it's because of this or that in my life. So my point is, it's really helpful to just breathe into what's happening for me in the moment and give myself compassion because I can only give it. I can only give Jenny the compassion and patience that she a lot of times is needing and seeking if I can do it with me. I can't fake it.
1: No, no. And I love it as you're talking about it It feels like exciting. There's a sense of we have this whole journey in front of us and that we get to enjoy each moment because each moment gives us a chance to deepen and expand this marriage that we have, which is really in a way such a mirror of our own inner marriage between our own masculine and feminine self. And that we get to keep expanding our capacity to bring both parts of us more and more present. And then we get to do that with each other. And I think it's exciting to realize, oh, yeah, there is. This isn't about getting to an end point. This is about being in the process and being able to enjoy the process and enjoy the fruits of that process along the way. The results that come from the process.
0: Totally. Yeah, and it can be really fun and it can be really not fun definitely and i was just i mean i'm i've been really interested in in buddhism lately and clinging to impermanent states is the cause of suffering in buddhism and i noticed that that comes up for me we get to a good place and maybe then there's some flatness coming on maybe something happens some anger comes up sadness and i'm just clinging to what we had yesterday or two hours (laughs) ago two minutes ago just let's just keep it there what do we have to do And that's what causes suffering. Instead of relaxing into, okay, we're doing this again. Here we go. Here's the wave. Let's ride it. We can try to stand and not move and just get tossed around by it, or we can really ride it. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And it feels good just to be here with you in this moment as you talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And no matter where you are at as a listener in this journey, I know for me there's, and this happens on a weekly basis where I have this big, Uh aha of like oh that's why i did that or that's why i do that i've been doing this like my whole life Mm -hmm. whoa yeah this is a strategy oh yeah i created that when i was like six years old to to fit in or to get approval from my parents to not get bullied at school like i learned how to work out and play sports because i really it was survival it was protection and there are these strategies that are still present in me that i'm continually shedding Because they're not needed anymore. They did serve a purpose in a lot of ways. But they're not... I get to really as an adult, as a man now, I get to look at what serves me and what doesn't.
1: So I'm curious if it would be helpful to talk more about ways that we experience these struggles more specifically in our relationship. So Bryce talked about one example where I may show up with a feeling and I'm wanting Bryce to feel with me and he's jumping into fixing but it's not it's not working yet. The fixing it's not time to fix. There's something to be seen. And so sometimes that struggle pops up. But what are some other like masculine feminine struggles that pop up for us in our relationship?
0: One that's coming up for me is around business. So we've combined businesses recently and this has been like this whole new type of marriage. And growing up in, in my house, there was a lot of focus on the man providing a good life for the family, which I think is really honorable. And I hold that. And I think it's like a sacred place for me as a man to try to show up in this way and be a rock in that way. And I can get really attached to the numbers and the money and what are we doing and what's the plan. Mm -hmm. And this causes a lot of stress in me. This is one of my most stressful areas of my life right now is really really, building a space that can provide for a family.
1: Yeah, and that makes sense because when you go to that place and that becomes the focus, when that masculine idea becomes the priority, sometimes it sounds like what you're saying is sometimes it's at the expense of your own feminine self, the part of you that wants to feel good in your work, that wants to be inspired, that wants to enjoy the creative process.
0: Totally. Yeah. Like I need to work. I need to put in X amount of hours a day, a week to really feel good about myself and the work that I'm doing. And I don't give myself a chance to relax. And the other paradox in this is that even though a lot of that anxiety about providing is geared towards you, because you're the only one in my life right now in our family, I can do that at the expense of you. So shut you out emotionally because, hey, I'm focused on work. Hey, I'm here trying to provide. I can't talk right now. I can't be there emotionally. I don't know what's going on for me. I'm over here trying to provide for you. Can you see me doing this?
1: Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's definitely one that can come up for us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think what's so interesting about this is maybe as a listener, you can see as we're talking about this bluntly, openly because it doesn't always show up this way when we have a disagreement is it doesn't really make sense right like i i'm over here trying to provide for you so like go over you know like give me some space and you're wanting some love and i'm like i'm trying to give you love but we're both trying to give each other love yes. and feel love but it's just in these different ways
1: yes yes and what's so powerful is once we can see it and talk about it then there's a place to either work out a solution or to realize it wasn't ever a problem that you know we're just we're doing our best to love each other and that's what's happening
0: yeah 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 and i think that's i love that question what is the problem Mm -hmm. and i can ask myself that in deeper and deeper ways as i'm doing this this emotional exploration because it really does turn out this clicking that we sometimes talk about about a win-win or just things feeling right is usually the realization that there wasn't a problem to begin with.
1: Mm. Exactly. That the struggle is what happens when we divide the polarities in our perception. When we think that one side is against the other, instead of seeing they're both trying to serve each other, we just couldn't see that.
0: It's sometimes this in the moment of experience of like, oh, there's, I don't have to do anything else right now. Like, I just have to be here, feel what's going on. I've worked hard. Jenny sees that. I see that in me.
1: And that's such a perfect example of Bryce bringing his feminine self into our relationship. So he's not only bringing his masculine self. He's bringing both. In that moment, it's not just about what am I doing, but it's also, oh, I can just be. Both can happen. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the ways I experience this struggle is that I sometimes feel afraid to show up to Bryce and just ask for what I need from a really strong place. And I'm not even talking about having to be like a masculine person myself to do this, but sometimes I show up to Bryce, again, with just my feminine self, with just my need, but without my masculine self protecting my feminine self. And so I'll show up and I'll ask for Bryce to join me at an an event Or I'll ask Bryce, you know, to explore an idea with me or do something with me. But I'm showing up again in kind of this needy, scared place. My fear is that if I share with him what I need or want, he either will reject me or he'll just submit and I'll be controlling him. So sometimes there's this fear that I have and that that can be a place of struggle for us at times.
0: Totally. And it makes sense that it is on my end because being, and I could even say like a manly man mm-hmm. and, and being brought up that way, part of the story was that low maintenance is good, that less needs is better, just have a few, and also take care of myself. Like I really developed a, a strong strategy to take care of myself. That's what men do. And so I can definitely see where there are parts of me where I've disowned my own needs and buried them. So when Jenny comes to me with her needs, the story comes rushing in. That's too much. That's high maintenance. Too many needs here. Can't meet them. Can't fix it. We've had to do that dance. Yep. And we'll have to probably do that dance many more times. Yeah. But hopefully
1: <laughs> it does get easier over time. Yeah. yeah.
0: And even just saying it out loud, yes. it, it, it really helps release some of that pressure. And And I'm a big fan of ownership and really owning like I do this because I'm scared of dot dot dot, mm-hmm. and that's hard to admit as a man because also not being scared is can be a very masculine quality, mm-hmm. and I think it serves in a lot of ways. But there are ways when it doesn't,
1: and there's times there will be like a natural urge to join you in what's happening for you. So, for example, if you're when we first started dating, or when we were first dating, maybe in the first year or so, you were going out to your families to go visit, and I remember feeling like I needed to feel your desire for me to be there with you.
0: What was popping up for me is I remember that happening a few years back. For me, the logical side was that, well, if Jenny wants to go, she'll say, hey, I want to go, and then we'll just get a ticket. Simple. That's right. Yeah, there wasn't, I didn't have much emotion tied into it, and I wasn't aware of yours, so our pattern just played out perfectly.
1: Exactly. And this is where in relationship it's so fascinating because what I find is that in a heterosexual relationship, the woman will most often feel most alive in the feminine aspect of the relationship. And the man will feel most alive in the masculine aspect of the relationship. But again, this means, this means that you have to be a whole person still within yourself. So for example... I was wanting, in a way, I was wanting Bryce to do the thing that I was scared to do, which was to be able to say, like, I want to be getting to know your family. I want to be engaging with you and experiencing things emotionally with you. And I remember it took some struggle for us to realize, like, oh, that that is important for me to speak up. That is important for me to share an emotional desire.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny how the, the turnaround that we refer to quite a bit works in so many different ways. So, yeah, you were wanting me to do what you were really wanting yourself to do. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And I see this pop up with you voicing your needs in that you're voicing your needs and I'm wanting you to like kind of calm down, like calm the emotional stuff down. Yes. When really on the inside, I have all this spinning in my head. Like my mind is going nuts and I'm wanting you to like tone down your sadness or anger or anxiety. When really I need only look in the mirror and see that that's really what's going on inside my head. So you can do this. I mean, it takes some skill. I think it can take some guidance just rolling right into being able to turn things around. But you can even practice it a little bit with your partner next time you're judging them for something, just flip it around. And I guarantee if you're trying hard enough and you're really present, you're going to find something there where you're doing or not doing the exact thing that you're judging.
1: Yeah. And that's a great way to identify struggle and polarity and to do something different about it. So if I'm afraid that I'm going to bring a request to Bryce and he's going to judge me or reject me, I can just practice doing a simple turnaround. Am I judging me or rejecting me? Am I afraid, again, to bring my my stronger, logical, masculine self forward and say, Jenny, it's okay to have that emotional need. Like it makes perfect sense that you want that from Bryce. And he may or may not be able to give it today or this week or this month, but it's okay to feel a desire to dot, dot, dot. It's okay to feel a desire to engage with his family and And I can bring my masculine self forward to say, I see that and that makes sense. There's logic to that emotional desire so that when I show up to Bryce, I'm not feeling all needy and insecure and needing him to give me the logical validation that I'm afraid to give myself.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the, the biggest struggles that comes up with us and we see with other people that we work with is all this focus gets put on the thing or the event And when the relationship is really in tune, it's like we're looking at this together versus as separate people that are battling to win. Like even if we really want different things and I'm like, oh, you know, we're both looking over at this struggle that we have that's not us. And here we are looking at it like, let's take this on, let's do this. Like, let's figure out a solution. I know we can do it. That is the win-win. And then whatever happens, happens with the situation. There's not always a resolution. Sometimes it turns out that there doesn't even need to be one. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I love that. And I think sometimes too, for those who are listening, this can come from so many different angles. You might be listening to this and you might be, say, the man in the relationship and you might feel like, well, I have a hard time making requests of my partner. So, you know, even though I'm talking about, the feminine imbalance, which can sometimes be needy or the masculine imbalance, which can sometimes be like controlling or Bryce and I were talking before this podcast and you were saying something about how sometimes you can kind of like bulldoze people over. Is that right?
0: Yeah. I noticed that come up in relationships when I'm anxious enough. I, I can be more aggressive, not throw things, but definitely use my logic and my words to debate versus like come to a solution.
1: Exactly. So The feminine imbalance is often going to be to go to like a more smaller, needy place where the masculine imbalance will often be to to try to get bigger and more controlling in some way, even if it's just with words or energy. And you might be in a relationship where you're feeling the opposite. You might be the man and feeling kind of small and needy, or you might be the woman and feeling like I'm the one that comes in more aggressive. So even though Bryce and I are talking about this and we tend to be pretty quote traditional in the sense that I tend to fall into feminine imbalance and Bryce tends to fall into masculine imbalance more and that's where our struggles tend to be. There are times where as we're working this out I'll see the flip side happen.
0: Yeah yeah it really can be both and the important piece and I actually wrote a blog post that will be coming out on our Conscious Couple Facebook page that you can read on Wednesday about being a manly man and really realizing that I have emotional needs and that I don't have to give up any part of my masculine side or my manliness to incorporate the feminine. It gets to be added in, not taken away.
1: It feels really, really exciting.
0: Yeah, and and there's uh, another piece popping up, but I think first, I really wanted to nail down, if you're speaking to someone who's relating more with the feminine side, what advice would you give to them? of how to show up in a relationship, whether they're single or in a mm-hmm. relationship.
1: Yeah. So if you're relating more to the, the feminine side or the feminine imbalance is maybe where your struggle is, whether you're a man or woman, what I would say is trust your masculine self. Trust that there is a part of you that is so okay with everything you feel and need and want, that there is a part of you that doesn't always understand it right away, but if you can stay present with yourself long enough and trust that there is a part of you that wants to protect every need and emotion you have, then you're going to start to feel more whole inside of yourself. And when that happens, it becomes easier and easier to show up and ask for what you need in a relationship.
0: Cool, I like that, Jenny.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah, Can you sum of that too?
1: Yeah, I can, I can just reflect back and really look at how much work has happened for me in the last, you know, 10 years and just how grateful I feel because I couldn't always do what I can do now in a relationship. I couldn't have done what I can do now 10 years ago. And it mm-hmm. feels really, really nice.
0: And what has been the key for you? Like, how have you learned more about this?
1: One thing that pops up is a mentor I had years ago, about 9, 10 years ago. Her ability to be with all parts of me in compassion was beyond any experience I'd ever had before that. So every feeling I had was acceptable, every thought I had, every response I had, and she really was the one who inspired me to start using the phrase that I use a lot with clients, which is no wonder. No wonder you're feeling this way. No wonder you're having that thought. And and that's a very again a masculine balancer to that feminine. It's a it says that there's logic underneath the emotion there's all it always makes sense logically you won't always understand it right away but once you can see the whole picture you'll go no wonder Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah and I love that's part of our work with clients is so they're telling this big long story and they're confused and it's like well given that this happened and that you were raised this way and then your partner's like this and that this happened makes total sense and then it's like oh and then comes the permission to like really feel like so now yeah. do you have permission to feel how you feel? Yeah. Okay. Let's let's stay with that. And that's where healing happens.
1: I love that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If I'm giving advice to someone who falls more into the masculine side relating with that, it is when you notice yourself in your angry frustrated place, there could be something underneath, but especially when you're in conversation with your partner stop talking and jenny nodded her head i so often need to stop talking so that i can feel what's happening i don't do a good job of doing both at the same time i don't think most people do i have to feel i need to take a breath need to sit with it and then if i can listen and reflect what's going on for jenny and in that i can start to attune to her And we'll get to a resolution much more quickly. But I work with a lot of guys who don't stop. They overrun their partner. They're just trying to fix it. I get it. You're trying to fix it. Stop trying to do that. Because if you're not in a place where you can feel emotionally, where you you can connect, you're not going to fix anything.
1: Yes. And I do. I love you saying that because I can even imagine times where I do that to you. So it feels really good. I'm like, oh, that feels helpful for me to remember.
0: Yeah. And, and understanding that often, even though anger is very real, often under, underneath that is fear or sadness. And you got to get there. Yes. And you got to sit with it. And you got to get there. And you got to breathe. It takes work. Often guys come to me and they're like, yeah, I want to like really start to fix this. I'm like, okay, let's do it right now. Let's stop. And they're like, well, no, what are we going to do? And it's like, we're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. Stop. Yes. What's going on? What are you afraid of? How do you really feel? Sadness? What does that feel like? You've brushed it under the rug for a long time. We're going to stay here. This is where the healing is going to happen.
1: And it's so important because it it's really, again, trusting that there's a deeper knowing inside of us. That When the masculine and feminine parts of us come together and we can see more clearly the truth, then the solutions come with ease and joy. And it may not be that there's no effort, but but it's going to feel lighter and more fun and more free. And when we're just trying to like figure out a solution without really figuring out what the emotional issue is that's tied into that struggle, then we're going to continually create more, quote, band-aids or strategies, but they're not really going to be effective for resolving what's really happening.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's just about the sequence because then when you're feeling connected to your partner or yourself and you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life or work or for the family or your partner and you've really gotten in touch with the emotional, then you can use your great problem-solving brain to come up with some really awesome solutions.
1: It really can be really fun and exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, even just talking now, I'm feeling like this completeness of the call in this moment feeling really excited and yeah also coming out of a bit of a fog that i was feeling after coming back from hawaii and dropping into the valley with the snow and the clouds and the cold and ironically the sun just came out as we're looking out the window but that's actually how i feel right now is kind of like the sun is peeking out it feels really nice
1: yeah i can feel a lightness right now too it feels really freeing cool yeah Thanks for talking today.
0: Yeah, yeah, you too. And we do have a live event coming up May 3rd to 5th in Salt Lake City. You can go to our website, www.advancedrelationshipacademy.com to check that out. I believe it's nine ninety eight a person. Or if you sign up for our group program, that'll be included in it. And you can get it for all our group stuff for pretty much the same price as the live event. So if you want to set up a consult, reach out to us. You can get our info on the website. So yeah, we're we're really excited to be offering this stuff in person, like a real intensive, immersive retreat where and it's going to be a, at a beautiful place. We we have a few few options right now either way. We like to do it really nice and have it be really comfortable and inviting. So, I'd uh, love to see some of you guys out there.
1: We love connecting with all of you. It's one of the joys of our work is connecting with all of you and yeah. sharing what we're doing together with all of you
0: totally i'm really excited for it because we moved to working remote so we could go travel when we want to and all that but this opportunity to get to see people in person i'm really looking forward to
1: me too yeah okay. awesome all
0: right well bye everyone
1: see ya. take care